Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 205 of the... Perf- nope. <laughs> we just did this. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Uh, we just did this seconds episode ago. <laughs> 206 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? It's a fine, rainy Thursday. It is very rainy, but it's still, it's March 1st and we're okay. recording this and it's above 40 degrees in Cleveland, so I'm not going to complain. Accurate. That so is okay. true. Um, let me talk about the episode. Yes, please. Good. I've been waiting almost a year to do this. So today's episode is a conversation I had with Tommy Adiemi at Book Expo America last year at the beginning of June. Um, at the time, she was finishing up edits and everything of her first novel and working on her second one slowly. Uh, and now, as this day, this is coming out on Monday. Tomorrow, her book *Children of Blood and Bone* will be released. And it is a big deal. It's a very big deal. It is. Um, she is everywhere. Uh, we talked about that in our March books release episode last week. But uh, anywhere you go that is book related, you'll see uh, her face and her cover. And I couldn't be happier for her. Um, but the cool thing about this interview is I was re-listening to it this morning just to make like for editing. And um, one, it, I think I was one of the first people that spoke with her about the book on a like you know like a publicity type of a thing because she is she's you can hear in the interview she's very excited about talking about the book and it just it was a really great conversation to hear how excited she was so early in the process and also kind of seeing how the world has changed a little bit from june of last year through march now because mm-hmm. we you know we referenced some things that were going on at the time and again it's she can't reference things in the future. Right. Um, but it was just so much fun. And you'll hear her, just like her passion. It's, she's she's so infectious and wonderful. Um, yeah, she's great. I am so excited for everyone to hear this and to... Finally, to finally hear it. Finally, I've, been, I've had a file on my desktop that says all BEA interviews that has been sitting there because I don't like to move stuff off my desktop until it's out just there. in case just in case because I, I, I forget yeah. um yeah so i finally get to move that because this is the last one of all those and i'm planning for this book expo america so um it is a, a weird kind of torture to have an amazing conversation and then have to wait almost 10 months for people to hear it but you get to hear it now so i'm excited for you um i will say one of my favorite things we've never talked about this one of my favorite things about doing this whole podcast is when we talk to authors, especially the ones that are you know relatively big and famous now, and you could it'd be understandable if they just sort of mailed in the conversation. And without fail, every single person we've ever spoke to on the podcast, like they really are engaged in the conversation, and they and they seem to enjoy talking to us. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just this i love getting to share their stories but mainly i just love this little like there's this little snapshot of this person who is about to become a huge deal and but for a half hour she sat down and was engaged with the conversation and you could hear how passionate she was about her book and literature and society so it's just it never fails to be really cool in my mind when authors will sit down with us and right again they're maybe they're about to go do something some publicity thing or sign books for 500 people but at the end of the day like there we have this little half hour 45 minutes however long we sit down with them where they're like they're there and it's mm-hmm. really cool so mm-hmm. and again this that's something i'll always remember talking about tommy is just having this conversation with her and have her be truly like into it which yeah. is great so um yeah if people want to get a hold of us how can they do that you can find us on instagram and twitter at pro book nerds and they can email us at professional book nerds at overdrive.com they sure can um anything else you think people should know about on this monday no okay all right well i'm very excited for you all to finally get to hear this conversation with tomi adiemi on the professional book nerds podcast Hey everyone, it's Adam again, and it is my distinct pleasure to introduce you to an author whose name you might not recognize just yet, but she's about to take over the world. Tomi Adeyemi? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Tomi Adeyemi is a Nigerian-American writer and creative writing coach based in San Diego, California. After graduating from Harvard with with an honors degree in English literature, she received a fellowship that allowed her to study West African mythology and culture in Salvador, Brazil. Her debut YA fantasy novel, Children of Blood and Bone, will be coming out early in 2018, and a movie based on the books will be coming shortly after. First off, congratulations. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to be here. I am hearing about your book and everything about you is amazing, so I'm so excited for people to learn about you. So can you first maybe give us an introduction to Children of Blood and Bone? Yeah, so uh, Children of Blood and Bone, it's my debut novel, and it's a YA West African fantasy, and it's about a girl who's fighting to bring magic back to her people, mm-hmm. and for me, it's it's so personal. Like, I, I tell my friends, I'm like, it's kind of like a fan fiction diary entry, <laughs> because it's like, I love it as a story, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like Nigerian, and my, you know, my parents came here when they were my age so in the early 20s mm-hmm. and I like just to be able to put that culture like in the book and make it her world and then to be able to be in this like new magical place and yeah. I'm like hey guys this is like a part of my heart and then the message or I don't want to say message because it's not a message book but the book was written for me during uh, a period of a lot of fear mm-hmm. um, because that's where it's like I felt like every week and sometimes every day I was opening the news or Twitter right. and seeing headlines about you know like an unarmed black man or black child mm-hmm. being shot and and killed by the police and then having you know there's been no justice afterwards yeah. so it's like and because it takes a long time to prosecute things there was just these it was constant so you hear about a new one and then you hear about one that happened three months ago where the cop was let off yeah and so it was just sort of this period where I was feeling really yeah just really afraid and kind of really hopeless and Mm -hmm. so the this book was my chance to kind of 
it was really my therapy. Yeah. And, you know, something really bad would happen. I'd be crying and I'd be upset and my boyfriend would be like, you need to go write. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would go write. So there's some parts that are actually just diary entries yeah. um, where it's like something really bad happened and I wrote this out and it happens to be exactly what my character is yeah. feeling. So it's it's really personal on all levels. So it's kind of it's that makes it really crazy and exciting mm-hmm. because you know people are starting to read it and I'm like yeah, it's like on one the story is personal what inspired the story is right. personal the world is personal yeah. so um, it's crazy but it's also really exciting because I'm like oh this is my heart like in book form mm-hmm. um, and people are being really supportive and receptive of that so it's just like yeah. a crazy kind of acceptance <laughs> I, I was just gonna say you, you touched on something and I was gonna bring it up a little bit later but since you mentioned it about you know, all these horrible things have been happening and Unfortunately, like you said, it, it seems like every day something yeah. terrible is happening. A lot of people will see those types of things and they'll lash out or they'll just take to Twitter and in 140 characters they'll tell yeah. everyone what's wrong with it. It seems like writing this book was, like you said, kind of therapeutic for you. Kind yeah. of this, this was your outlet, more or less. It, it truly was because especially things like this, they make you feel so small mm-hmm. and they make you feel so hopeless and to be like completely honest they make you feel like why am I even alive if this is how my life can end right. or if this is how I can lose my mom or mm-hmm. my dad or my brother or my sister or you know because even me I wouldn't even fully say it's a fear of this happening to me it's a fear of it happening to someone I love mm-hmm. and then me being left with that wreckage yeah. um, which I don't know you know I'm almost like I feel like a Disney movie because all of my books have, like, before this have had, like, dead parents, you know? So (laughs) there's, like, a very deep fear inside me. And then, like, this just magnified it. And so you do feel really hopeless and really small. Uh Um, And then for me, the writing is, like, that's where I feel like, okay, here's my sword. Mm -hmm. And, one, I feel better getting it all out on the paper. But then I'm like, oh, someone can see this and like if they can feel these things and think about it in a new way then I've actually changed something so Mm -hmm. it goes from being something where it's like I have absolutely no power Mm -hmm. um, I am helpless and to like no I can do something and oh the thing that I can do about it can also actually help change the world in a way so that's sort of the craziest part about books because books are sort of the closest we have to being inside someone else's mind mm-hmm. um so so yeah yeah and you actually you, you touched on something really interesting uh, the actions and the, the things that take place in this in, the, in your story are based on you know tragic and, and unfortunate events that have happened in the real world but the story itself is very much in a kind of a magical world yeah and so something i'm always curious about when i'm talking about fantasy stories uh, Lee Bardugo, who we were just talking about before yeah. we started recording, who we, who we both love, um, and Kate Elliott actually both told me that when they're writing their fantasy worlds and they're building them out, they start with a map. Yeah. And then from there, they can kind of piece out how they see things in the world, and then they'll start working on, well, how does magic work in this world? So for yeah. you, how did the world building take so place? It starts, for me, it started with a picture of this girl. Um, it was a beautiful. I'll, I'll show it to you like afterwards because mm-hmm. I feel like I'll waste time if I try and load it because <laughs> I have. Oh no, service. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Perks of being the host. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I started with a picture um, of this. Um, she was a black girl with like luminescent green hair, and it was just a stunning picture. And I couldn't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time where I was like, "Who is this person? Like, what is she? What's her story? What does her world look like? And it sort of started from... So it started with this character. Mm -hmm. um, And then 
I started, I was like, what is she doing? I was like, what if she's in a market one day and like her entire world changes? And so it sort of started with the plot. Uh um, And then I'm like, oh, this is the adventure. So then the world grew with the adventure Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a quest novel. So they visit, it wasn't just like, oh, we're in this one town Mm -hmm. where she starts out. Um, it's like we're going all over this country. So this was actually the first time I had to make a map and be like, what does it look like? And then I was doing like math and being like, okay, they oh. ride lions and like uh, maybe if a lion runs as fast as a horse and horses do like this many miles per hour, so how many <laughs> days of travel? And then I'm like, but in the larger arc of a month. Oh my so God, it's like, that's amazing. So I, and I think it's like I have this all in a notebook and then I'm like, I'll just say two days between them. <laughs> you know, so I do the math. I'm like, that's too long. Yeah, so. that's incredible. So yeah, it just uh, for me it exploded. It started with the character mm-hmm. and then her situation and then I'm like oh this is what her story is so what does her world look like yeah. and and now I have the map and I, I some people who have read early dressed are like I just wish I had a map and I was like a map and then I sent it to them and they're <laughs> like whoa on. and I'm like yeah so it's yeah but the, I'm I know the one thing that's constant in my story creation process is it starts with a picture because mm-hmm. my last book that I tried to seriously get published it was a picture of these kids jumping off of a roof Mm -hmm. Um, but it was an artist and it was really like beautiful coloring and their story yeah it was just I was like what is this and then like so for me it starts with like that one picture when whether that's a scene or a character um, or even like a setting Mm -hmm. that it's like oh well what takes place here then it kind of all grows from like sort of like I'm doing all these stuff with my hands that's okay I I do it all the time on the pot yeah so I would just like insert like in here tell me did circle gestures with her hands yeah big circle Uh, from the like, and then from the magical aspects of the story, how did you? Because it's in a fantasy world, it's it's so important to establish like here are the rules yeah. of magic. Like this is how things work, so that you understand for the next you know nine hundred pages of three books over however long yeah, they're gonna be. Exactly. This is how it works. So how did you determine? what is feasible and what is still nonsensical. The magic part is really exciting for me because it's from, or I know you mentioned like I, after college I had this fellowship to go to Brazil Mm -hmm. um, and I went there intending to study like I was, it was a cultural study, and I thought I was going to be focused on their slave trade, Mm -hmm. and but then one day it was like I wanted to go to this museum, and it was closed, and then it started raining, and I went into a gift shop, and the guy was kicking out people who, like, were clearly just trying to be, like, around the rain, so I'm trying to look really interesting Uh because I didn't want to get drenched, (laughs) and I come across this picture of Orisha which is the it's this West African mythology so it's big in Nigeria um Brazil also has a very big Nigerian population it's also big in Latin America but it was these in my head I'm like this looks like African the last airbender Mm -hmm. you know it was amazing beaut and like I love Avatar last airbender but it was like these beautiful images and it was like superheroes and it was like magicals and I was like what is this why have I never seen this as like a lover of stories and things like this so I have never heard about it so um, I went deep into studying that and there are these different gods and goddesses and they represent multiple things like one will be like you know like single like god of fire and lightning but other will be like oh another goddess of like love and fertility and this so for me I drew from like okay the magic comes from these gods and goddesses obviously you have to simplify it can't be like here's magic of love and fertility and lightning and is that you know (laughs) so it's like you have to make it palatable for like a new world Mm -hmm. um but it was cool to take these 
this thing that was a part of my culture that I didn't even know and yeah. then like directly draw magic lines from there and then be like okay so let's say you what is a god of fire and lightning what does that look like when it's like what does that look like for someone who just has their powers what does yeah. that look like for a master of it and then that's where I go into excel yeah. and you know map it out oh my god so, so much goes into this there's uh. it's crazy it is I think that's I I've always been a big reader, mm-hmm. um, but now it's like I 400 times appreciate everything I've ever loved before I start <laughs> to get published because I'm like, oh, it's not just that first draft. Yeah. It's like, because you know the first draft, it. it's like, that's one thing. It's like, finish mm-hmm. it. But like to get to that published book, like a published yeah. book you're proud of, uh-huh. it is so many people, there's so many revisions, there's so many editorial right. directions, it's so many like maps and Excel uh-huh. spreadsheets if you're a Ravenclaw like me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole thing and it's it's... But it's really amazing at the end. But now I'm like, I don't just look at a book now when I read it and be like, oh, that was a great story. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know the story behind the story. I read all of the acknowledgments. I'm like, like, I was like, I just want to know everything that went into creating it. I'm picturing like one of those crime scene investigation situations where you have like red yarn. Now Adam is doing that gesture. Where you have like all these like red yarn, like, and then the person goes here and then they go over here. There's all these post-it notes on like my wall at home. And Mm -hmm. like I, now the post-it notes are for book two, but like before it's just like all this stuff for book one and you just... And there's post-it notes over my desk, and uh, people are like, "Oh, you're creative." I was like, <laughs> That's such "Yeah, a good <laughs> oh, yeah. quote unquote creative." creative. Like, you just gave me that kind of compliment, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> um, and so, when you're building your the voices of your characters, and you're finding the different voices of the people that you're going to be writing, for you, is character building a lot like story building as a whole? Like taking. You know, at first you start with the whole overarching, like, here is going to be the general idea of what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, no, I can't stop talking with my hands. <laughs> and then you're going to take each person and kind of flesh out them one at a time? Or did yeah. you have an idea of, like, certain people? I honestly think the characters are the hardest. Because mm-hmm. for a world, it's like I can decide what a world is. And I can build a map. And then it's much, if I need to tweak something, yeah. you know, that's just the world with the mm-hmm. characters. Like, you got to know. And even, yeah. I'm like, why did you write multiple point of views? And I was like, because I have to tell more sides than one. But, like, I'm <laughs> slapping myself when I'm editing because it's like you need to make them distinct. Mm-hmm. And, like, the main character, I feel like we have the same voice. Yeah. She's much more poetic. And she speaks <laughs> in a British accent in my head. So it's, like, not That's, the exact same voice. I love but that. That's amazing. <laughs> like, when I'm writing, I'm like, okay, like, it's very easy to get into her. And then mm-hmm. for the, there's two other points of view. And those ones I really have to, um, and honestly, that's a lot of what we're revising now is to just make it as, like, fleshed yeah. out. Because those ones, it's... The main one comes... Nat- the main character comes naturally. The other two characters are really important. And mm-hmm. they're, like, I really, really have to, like, get in their head and be like, okay, given everything they've experienced in their life, what would they feel in these moments? What are the things that they would pick up? And And sometimes when you're revising, it's like, oh, I thought the character was about this, but... <laughs> what if the character is about this mm-hmm. and suddenly it like changes throughout the entire novel mm-hmm. so um i know for me the character is the stuff that i feel like i yeah i revise the most mm-hmm. to get right because yeah. everything else you can kind of everything else feels more stationary mm-hmm. it's like if you change something in the plot okay we're at page like from 300 to 350 yeah. we're changing it but it's like stationary the right. character is so much bigger than yeah. all that um, and then something else, and you kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, <laughs> as you're squeaking yeah. in the background, it's okay. Um, you touched on this just a little bit. I'm going to give them a second. Yeah. Just, just cut. <laughs> this is 
cut apparently in my brain. <laughs> no, not this, an active cutting thing I could have said. This is cut, which is actually extend. Anyway. <laughs> um, right, so you, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning when you were describing the book, and you know, you've been really vocal about the importance of you know, the Black Lives Matter movement in, you know, on your social media and on your website and things like that. And you know, race relations and, and prejudice, unfortunately, is not in a very good place yeah. in our country and, and it's uh, that's a good way of putting it I guess right? yeah um, a nice and, I, way. <laughs> and I know that it's really essential in your book and I get really angry because I'll see on, on social media people will say like yeah well all lives matter and to me and I think my favorite message I've ever seen about that is someone being like saying all lives matter is like going to a doctor and telling them I have a broken arm and then the doctor being like yeah well all your bones matter yeah and it just it's so infuriating me that I see people so for you how important was it to put those aspects into your fantasy world I for me I like okay so if we take it back to what's going on right now mm-hmm. without trying to be too polarizing sure. you know in our past election there was a certain candidate that um, the Harry Potter generation referred to as Voldemort mm-hmm. and I think that's because we grew up in this like you know a lot of us who grew up in this Harry Potter world mm-hmm. we see Voldemort we know the behaviors of Voldemort yeah. and so whether it's on fantasy or real, it's like, oh, I've seen this before. This was Voldemort. You know, nose is a little different, but (laughs) general, same thing. So, and I think those things, it's like, on one part of it, it's like, yes, I want to run around with my wand, but on the other part, it's like, you understand it generally. It's Mm -hmm. like whether, and Harry Potter is a story about persecution. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, and you know, you don't think about it that way, but when it's in a completely different world, it's very clear to you that someone's saying like, hey, you're a mudblood, you don't belong at Hogwarts. You know that's wrong. Yeah. If you take it into this world and you're like, hey, you're an immigrant, you don't belong in my country, suddenly it's more complicated. And it's not actually more complicated, but because it's based in this, there's all these different it's not as black and white literally as mm-hmm. when it's in a book so I think it's important to teach these just general lessons of humanity yeah. <laughs> um, in a way that where someone's not going to bring their preconceived notions right. and be like black lives matter all lives matter and yeah. you're like okay well that's not what I'm saying but you know what? let's go let's go let's let me let me just tell you a story right um, and let me like describe something that I can literally go on YouTube and show you mm-hmm. like a video of this girl being thrown down by a policeman and okay maybe so you, we're in this world so there's all these different in theory ways that you can respond to that now I'm going to show you in a book I'm just going to show you a kid being attacked by someone who's supposed to protect her right um you know that's wrong so I feel like it's very important to take these sometimes people are like it's just fiction but I was like okay but if you understand it now then you can do something about it in the real world yeah. um so I feel like it's really important um, especially because we have these great books out, you know, like The Hate You Give out. It's amazing. Yes. I'm running around BEA trying to find Dear Martin. Uh-huh. You know, like, we there's so many great books coming out, um, both in, or especially in YA. Um, and I think that's amazing. I feel like we need so much more because they're, they're so, in, like, informative. Um, but I think you also need some of those same examples and messages in a fantasy. And so it's like, okay, I'm in my Hogwarts, but I'm yeah. learning about, like, accepting humans and like not letting bullies like rise to positions of power and do a lot of bad things so I think especially in fantasy that's where you learn a lot of those lessons and it's not like a preaching thing but it's just like you just see it and Mm -hmm. it's very clear to you like hey you shouldn't treat people like that 
Um, so I'm like, here, you don't like that wording? Let me make it really simple. <laughs> it is, by the way, it is taking all of my maturity yeah. podcast host <laughs> skills to not veer this off into just a Harry Potter conversation. Yeah. Because <laughs> that happens so incredibly often with our podcasts. So people probably don't want to hear me talk about how much I love Harry yeah. Potter. Um, so recently there's been several stories about your incredible you know situation where within like a week you got a book deal and a movie deal and like people will call you an overnight success oh for like yeah an people love star. that word yeah <laughs> but in reality and i think that it makes me irritated about seeing that it's like i know because i talk to authors all the time yeah this is years and years and years of work for you so in fact you you mentioned this you spent several years editing and working on a book that isn't the book that's yeah out. I mean like so this book came together pretty quickly for me but like as we we're talking you know I described my spreadsheets and right. yeah, like yeah, my pretty, quote unquote pretty quickly um, my other book it was about three to four years from like idea to first draft to trying to get it published mm-hmm. to getting rejected um, and those if I didn't have those four years we wouldn't be talking right now right. you know I think like if you like one of my favorite artists is Chance the Rapper mm-hmm. and you're like what's a great headline 23 year old with like three Grammys right. okay but when this kid was 15 he had a brilliant mixtape yeah you know so I feel like we we like to hold on to the numbers but even like someone like Simone Biles she's 19 mm-hmm. like 4,000 gold medals Gosh, she's, she's been doing this for over 10 years already right so I feel like we don't acknowledge that part yeah. of the conversation enough like I've been writing since I was like six or seven right it was bad. But you've still been but doing like, it. I was like, it's gonna always going to be bad when you start. Yeah. So I was like, if you start at seven, yeah. you know, we're still starting at the same level. But if like if my all my bad books, if I have 10 years of bad books and try and write a good one and OK, it's better, but it's still not good mm-hmm. enough, which is my first book story. You know, yeah. that that's not overnight. Yeah, I think, <laughs> so, I think so often people would rather use the word prodigy because it sounds more fun. It sounds, yeah, it's exciting. It's like yeah, sparkly. Exactly. But it's just, I'm like, I don't know anyone. Oh, she's 23, but like you said, you've been doing this for... Yeah, for like yeah. more like of my conscious right, life. Right, exactly. So. so, but all that said, yeah. what did it feel like when, when you got the, in a book deal and a movie deal and just... I still don't understand, you know, like I, st- it wasn't until I saw like they they made this a beautiful sampler mm-hmm. um, and it's the first 70 pages and it wasn't until I saw a cover for it that I was like, okay, I think we're actually going to make a book. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, this could be a long joke. They could change their mind. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, this, this doesn't have to be real. Like it yeah. could just be like, lol, mm-hmm. ha <laughs> here's your dream. It's taken away. But I was like, okay, no, someone invested like time and artistic creativity yeah. into making a cover. And I don't think they would do that if this was really just one big joke. Yeah. So like, I'm still oh. in the process oh. of being like, oh, this is, cause it's like, like I said, since I've always wanted to publish a book. I didn't right. always admit to myself that I wanted to be a writer, but like, this has been a dream. So even when they, I saw the sampler, I held on to it for like six hours, yeah. like just like this. I like, I took it with me out, and people were like, "Oh, I've already seen it." I was like, "Okay, but I'll, I'll just, I'll keep, you know, like I'm gonna keep showing you." Yeah, Don't I was like, "Let that. me. I just need to keep like this in my pocket yeah. to really feel that it's real." And even, and I started to get over that. And then someone tweeted a picture of themselves holding it. And I'm like, you are another human. You are holding it, you know? So then it starts all over again. So I would say I still don't. And now we're on the book. I was like, even the movie stuff, I was like, what? Yeah. You know, so none of this is like, it feels crazy. Uh It's still a lot of hard work, but it's just, 
it's just really exciting to have people. Writing is really can be really solitary, mm-hmm. um, so it's really it's been really awesome to like meet all these amazing people and like mm-hmm. they're putting their amazingness like in the book, whether yeah. it's like the actual text or the cover or like the page numbers mm-hmm. or like the marketing or like me sitting talking. You know, it's yeah. just really cool to be like. Oh, look at my squad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and part and part of it comes with too, and, and you kind of talk about this on your website a little bit because you are you're also a writing coach. You kind of mm-hmm. help people along the way, like the right way to do these types of things. And you have something on your on your site that it's not it's not enough just to write a good story, but you 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 talk about how you did a lot of research in the market and you saw like what's popular, and so like you knew, all right, it's not just that I have to write this story, but I, I you need to realize yeah. what people want to read. I think a lot of times like if something and like fingers crossed but a lot of times we look at big successes and we're like oh there's no way to achieve that or even someone like Beyonce Mm -hmm. you're like you're just born with it false yeah like whenever Beyonce like shows us a kid video it's like oh that's so cute she's three years old but I was like she's training I was like you've been training for 30 years I'm trying not to swear so you can can, can say anything you like I'm like these are librarians I don't want them to judge me wait till you meet some librarians yeah okay (laughs) um but yeah even someone like or her, I remember watching a YouTube video and it was a compilation of her. I think it was called like Beyonce's like bossiest moments, but it was just yeah. her like very like being, I guess a perfectionist about like her performance. And I'm like, that makes sense. Right. Because when I see a Beyonce performance, I am like, it's like Cirque this Soleil up yeah. in here, you know? Yeah. And so it's, I think it's very important to know that those things don't just happen. Mm-hmm. They require lots of blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Um, and I think especially I was like, even just publishing a book is mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, like so, that's already hard. That's, and then yeah. if you like, you, you look at someone, you're like, oh, I would love to have a career like that. It's like, we have the internet now. We can stalk hardcore. That's what's mm-hmm. crazy about meeting a lot of these people. Because I was like, oh, I stalked you. And like, yep. I like looked at what you did. And I looked at what you said about writing. And you know, like there's all this advice yeah. out there. But I think that's, I really liked the blog before all this happened because it was just it feels really good to like let other writers know hey your dreams are legitimate and like go for it and now I like that it exists because if someone goes oh overnight success I was like I started my blog before I had even finished revising my first book Mm -hmm. you know so I I was learning with them (laughs) um but you it's I always like to be like hey you can it it's not nothing is actually impossible Mm -hmm. and if it seems impossible like actually look at all the work behind it yeah and then if you're a workhorse like me, you're like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Like when I see Beyonce being like, no, the lights have to be like this, or and she's like, it's not working. I'm like, great, that makes me feel right. like with 400,000 hours, I can put on a great concert, exactly. and suddenly it's possible. It's right. not just like this pipe dream, and that's what yeah. it is with these books. Right. Well, and actually, to a much lesser extent, for me, like when you're talking about people, you know, you can hardcore stalk, stalk people. I never stop feeling creepy because like, <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm like combing through these office websites, and I'm like. You once wrote, I'm, about, I'm gonna bring it up in like two yeah, seconds. Yeah, okay. Like something else you have on your site. Like I always feel like, so you wrote a thing on your website, and like sometimes the websites haven't been updated in a while, and the light, the office are looking like there's no lights on up there. That they're just like, where did you find whatever it is yeah. you're talking about, you creepy man? Yeah. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. I want people to know about this, stuff, but to continue being creepy. Yeah, it's like for better. Or yeah, worse, but it's, yeah. yeah. So you have this uh, gorgeous story on your website mm-hmm. called Why I Write. It caught my attention because I have also written a thing literally called Why I Write. Oh. Yours is much better. Oh. <laughs> um, but you talk about the, the tragedy in Charleston in 2016. And I'll be honest, I this isn't a question so much as me yeah. just putting it out into the world for anyone who hasn't gone and read that yet, that I want them to go to your website and, and see how 
how you write just to learn like put it into perspective but do these tragedies and, and the way that they affect you they, they seem to obviously inspire your kind of long form blog yeah. stories but do they also go into like you, the trilogies and everything like it's that fully, Those... it's fully because that's the only way I can cope like especially in a, like I said even like so I've been on like obviously like a high from this book stuff and then I don't know I think it was a month ago like the shooting of Jordan Edwards yeah um and another reason I wasn't just on a high from my book stuff but like the hate you give had been number one for like eight weeks or something incredible and it was awesome and for me I look at that and I'm like okay I kind of feel like the world's falling apart mm-hmm. but if I look at this list I see like hundreds of people a day are reading this amazing book their yeah. hearts are being changed their minds are being changed so like progress is happening mm-hmm. and then that like he was shot and it like crushed me and a lot of times for me it's like I try I can't let everything in because it's like even now I'm like don't let it fully in because no one wants to hear you cry on a podcast (laughs) but (laughs) it's the first one for what it's worth okay okay that makes me feel better (laughs) but yeah it's it's just it's really soul crushing Mm -hmm. and especially like I said my book is fully about like the fear Mm -hmm associated with living in a world like that and like I was reading about his family and they were you know the parents were saying like the kids keep having nightmares they're so afraid yeah and I think they might have been in the car like when it you know so it's like they're like you you're like okay I can donate to this memorial fund it's like for me personally I'm like I can pray but it's like literally it's like I have my thing I let it all in I cry and then I'm like okay I need to keep writing mm-hmm. and like for me it's like if I don't keep writing then I'm staying in my bed and I'm not getting out right and this story with in the past when the Charleston thing happened it I was like you, you said I, I realized I hadn't been that distraught mm-hmm. since the backlash against Rue and the Hunger Games yeah where it was literally like here's this like what 11 year old black girl being murdered and here's this portion of people saying oh it's not sad she's black and yeah. I'm like oh you're saying this like this isn't an anonymous board I yeah, was like no, this you tweeted you this with your face yeah. like your name like I can google and see that you've said this I was like so there's not even a like let me hide this right. you know and obviously that's fictional but it's like even even the Star Trek like a new Star Trek trailer came yeah. out and there's these beautiful women of color and part of the internet is like oh my god this yeah. is enraging and it's like so for me there's almost a different level of like hatred mm-hmm. I'm like or I guess I show it shows me how deep hatred is when it's applied to a completely fictional setting yeah. or like when a black Hermione Granger was cast for the play mm-hmm. and people lost it and I was like invisibility cloaks dragons trolls yeah the black hermione granger you're yeah, right that's, now that's we're in unbelievable part territory part you're off board right yeah so it's there there is there is no every day like just going on twitter i i send the stories to myself the things that would make me want to curl up in my bed and cry i just send them to myself and i'm like okay this is why you're writing yeah when it's like 3 a.m and you're like oh my god no it's like no this is why because it's like if this even changes one person who then like goes in the world differently or for even changes like one kid who then becomes a cop one day I was like then it is it is more than worth it and it is worth agonizing over like is this character (laughs) arc working is this comma placement you know (laughs) so it's like I I feel like you it's like you drown in it and I'm not saying you can always stay above it like Mm -hmm. I said like there hasn't been it hasn't it's not like these stories have stopped right you know so it's like I'm not always like 
oh, horrible world. Yeah. Like, I have to will vanquish you. Like, no, sometimes I still feel very much like I want to curl up and, like, not leave in my bed for yeah. the next 60 years and then peace out. But <laughs> then you, it's like, you don't always have to be strong, but I feel like at least whatever it is that brings you down or makes you feel just very small, it's like, okay, let yourself feel that fear, but then you need to find whatever it is you can do. Mm-hmm. I was like, even if it's just running, yeah. like if it was literally running around a track, I mean, I'd be so fit. It'd be great. It's not that. It's sitting. <laughs> but, um, but it's like you find that thing that makes you not feel hopeless mm-hmm. and makes you feel like you have some power and you like hold on to that yeah. because oh, the world is still crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I do in my heart believe it is getting better. Yeah. But it is still crazy and it's going to take time for it to not feel yeah. as crazy and as unsafe and as kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. So. Um. I'm going to transition to something lighter. Okay. Now, I so <laughs> I feel like that's all my interviews were no, just like. No, I, no, no, no. I, I would also magic. No, no, it's amazing. I, we end our podcast with something we call the Nerd Nine because yeah. we like alliteration. And yeah, we, and I love alliteration. So these are lighthearted. Blood and bone. I yeah, blood and bone. Yeah. So we say these are rapid fire. They never end up being rapid fire because yeah. I get sidetracked. But <laughs> the first one, it's always my fault. Um, the first one is, what's the last book you finished? I think it's And I Darken mm-hmm. by um, Kirsten White. No one will know if it's not, so we can use it. Okay, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're not going to end up that yeah. Tell me you're, you're lying to you're us. not the last one um, you read. I hacked your Kindle. That's right. <laughs> do, you, um, do you have a favorite place to read? Mm, my bed. Mm-hmm. I have this electric blanket. It was a birthday present from my boyfriend like two years ago uh-huh. because I didn't know electric blankets existed. Yeah. And he just had this elect like a small heating pad for like mm-hmm. his neck or something, and I would like curl my curl whole body the... into it. So he got me this big blanket, and it's too. I live in California. It's mm-hmm. always too hot for him. Always yeah. like dehydrated, and but I like to get like put it on high mm-hmm. and like get under the blanket, and yeah, I That's just amazing. love that. That's like my. Safe. I'm thinking of that now. I'm yeah. like, oh, I should go home. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of. That's amazing. Um, do you have a guilty pleasure? Like, I always tell people mine is, if you go on my Instagram account, it's, I have two dogs, and it's just, like, a gross amount of pictures of them. Like, too, like, too many pictures of my dogs. Like, do you have something that you're just like, I probably shouldn't do that often, as often as I do? I I would definitely say Avatar The Last Airbender fan art. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredible. There was a period, and I don't draw it. I just like it a lot, mm-hmm. and then send it to anyone who might like it half as much that's as me <laughs> so that's yeah that's a lot of my you know and it's funny because pinterest algorithms mm-hmm. like whatever i'm obsessed with at the period they'll you just, just they'll, and yeah. so they just they feed the guilt yeah and they're like well you like this one here's 400 oh, more and here's a amazing. whole board there's six thousand pins of oh. your and now i feel like i'm getting to the point where i there's repeats because mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm on it so all. much you're but you still every once in a while you discover yeah. something new so you're like let yeah. me keep <laughs> um do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate hmm I guess Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because my mom makes um, she makes jollof rice, she makes fried rice. So I don't have like a t- we don't ever have turkey because mm-hmm. we're like I don't know I'm, I don't want to make a statement be like Nigerians don't like turkey. Yeah, I'm sure one does. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> so look, I, I, yeah. I you can just say we don't. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, so I don't okay. Turkey yeah, so, so it's just it's a it's a lot of really good like Nigerian rice mm-hmm. um, and. My editor, she knows I love Sprite, <laughs> and there's that's the one time a year there's a lot of Sprite in my house, 
and then there's these cookies. So it's like I'm just stuffed. That's <laughs> yeah. By the way, the, the nonverbal communication there would be editor shook her head yes during. That <laughs> um, I have lost track of myself. Oh, do you have a place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Yes, Bora Bora. Ooh, that's yeah. a good answer. Um, are you a dog person or a cat person? Dogs. That's the right answer. Oh, God. So my co-host who is not here, so I can throw her under the bus. She's a cat lady. I am a dog guy. I don't. We don't really have like a fun yeah. name for that. But it's our like eternal battle. It's the only reason we put that in there is because we want like we're like keeping a mental tally. Yeah. Like no, it's like a big deal for me yeah, when someone says that. I'm always I'm always in this thing where I'm like, you can't adopt a dog right now. But I'm like, but look at all of these what puppies you, you need. Yeah. Oh, I'd be a bad influence. So I'll stop right now. Um, <laughs> so, do you have um, favorite food? Oh yeah. Sorry, I have so many though, so I'm like, and I know that defeats the favorite, <laughs> okay. but it's like, okay, it's easily pizza. Like okay, yeah. I could, there, there have been times like where I just ate pizza twice a day. Like yeah. that was my meal. Oh, I'm gonna and eat I would pizza do as soon it. as we're done recording. This. I know. I'm now. I'm we're like, oh, York I should City. get pizza. I know. So it's definitely pizza. My two favorite types of pizza are Giordano's stuffed spinach pizza because I'm yes. from Chicago and then there's this place in San Diego called like Zia Gourmet mm-hmm. and it's pizza is like yeah I was like yeah I don't know if you can describe yeah, that but um, it is an explosion of flavor so Tommy is excited yeah Tommy's <laughs> very excited eyes are is very it, is, it, is it like um like California style pizza like I don't even know what they I think they put raisins in it and raisins it? are like not my thing but yeah. It's it's amazing, mm-hmm. and then I love all kinds of Asian food. Yeah, yes. But I don't like to eat it in front of people. I'm trying to be professional with because I look messy. So how are you with chopsticks? <laughs> I'm I'm. It's not even the chopsticks. It's just like it's too hot to eat. Yeah. But I have no patience. Uh huh. And then oh, it's yeah. like, how do I take a bite? So it's like, oh no, the whole dumplings in my mouth. Oh yeah. Scalding. I'm choking. I'm happy though. I so. I, <laughs> I ate ramen with a couple of coworkers and my wife yesterday, and I just looked like a monster. The yeah, whole time exactly. Um, and then the last one, if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I know. There's I so many people. Um, let's say Michelle Obama. That is an incredible answer. Yeah, I'm like, like I hope for her sake we're never in the same room. Yeah. Because just because you'll go out, just kind of tag her with a hug. It's like even now, like like I said, I was like, oh, I met Lee today. I was trying so hard not to cry. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's none of that. Yeah. So and I don't even, you know. So I'm just imagining her like elegant, mm-hmm. like icon, <laughs> like me sobbing ferociously <laughs> in the corner, like her secret service being like, okay, we're gonna steer you yeah. away. That's amazing. So yeah, that would that's, be that's a great. If answer. I could trick her into sitting at a table with me yeah. after I cried, that would be great. Perfect. Yeah, just see her from a distance, cry, then go talk to her. Yeah. yeah. Even then I don't still know probably matter. still yeah. crying <laughs> um, alright so my last question before I let you go what do you hope readers take away when they read Children of Blood and Bone there's two things I really want which I don't know if it's fair to say two that's things that's okay two things works the first thing is definitely just understanding sort of that like oh here's what it would be like to sort of be in a society where you're scared of a cop car mm-hmm. you know I think that's just saying it's it's just it's a very intense or like where me where I was there was a period where I was personally scared to get in a car mm-hmm. because I was like if I get stopped by a cop I, I really don't know how that ends right um and it's like and I'm just living me it's like my parents live in Chicago my brother lives in LA you know so yeah. it's like so it's you know it's not like a thing in the past mm-hmm. so I think it's just like understanding like that fear mm-hmm. and really and whole hopefully that 
making enough of an impact deep down to somehow make a change. But yeah. nah, I don't know if that's two years or four years, you know, something, uh-huh. but like, you know, just sort of have that same sort of, oh, that's what Voldemort looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is just, I, I never read about black characters growing up. I didn't even realize how messed up it was that the characters I wrote were black till like senior year of high school. So right. I was like, I was like 18 or something. So that's 18. That's at least like 10 years of writing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why aren't my characters black? You yeah. know, like it's a deep, it's a, it, it, it's deep. It, mm-hmm. Like it digs deep into your like subconscious and self-esteem and all of those things. So to just be like, oh, I love this story and all of the characters are black. Or to like look at this cover, like I saw a glimpse of my cover today. It was yeah. on accident and I like ran away because I was like, I cannot see more. I cannot break down in the middle of BA. Uh-huh. It's not on my itinerary. So. <laughs> Um, so I just hope for that, like, little girl to get what I I, I desperately wanted but didn't even know I was missing, mm-hmm. you know, to hopefully to, like, walk into that bookstore and be like, hey, she looks like me. Like, oh, and then look at the back. Oh, she looks like me. Yeah. And that's, you know, those things you don't, I didn't realize how much they mattered until I saw all these deep things. Like, why am I not writing black character, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so knowing now how important those things are, those are the two things I am hoping that readers get. Well, tell me, I, your passion comes through so clearly, <laughs> and I have no doubt it's going to in your book as well. I, I cannot wait to read this. I can't wait for the world to read it. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us Thank you. This today. has been really fun. Absolutely. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.